Welcome to Sunstorm, where we get real about what's happening in the world and what we are doing about it, because we are the light in the storm. Hi, I'm Alicia Garza. And I'm Ai-jen Poo, and we have a super fun guest for you today, especially for those of you who've sweated away your pandemic stress on a bicycle, like my dear friend Alicia. That's right. I do be sweating, and I might even be fangirling right now, because today on Sunstorm, we have Tunde Oyenane, a fitness guru, and an all-around inspiration and host of her Speak interview series on Instagram, which is excellent, BT-dubs. I always feel like she's talking to me, and of course she is, and she's going to admit that today <laughs> on our pod. But before she does, let's please welcome Tunde. Come on, hey. Welcome, Tunde. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Ijen, for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to chat with y'all today. Tunde, I gotta ask you, You know, I love the fact that you talk about your mom, Veronica, in almost every interview and every appearance. And she was a huge influence on your life. She sounds like an incredible woman. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the most important things that she taught you? I would say my mother always reminded me what my name was. Like she reminded me who I was, like whose daughter I was, if you will. Uh, As Robin Arzan would say, she like would remind me to adjust my crown. Mm. Um, Mm. She spoke to me about my light. She used to always say to me, black and shine, black and shine. This girl is black and shine. She's black and shine. And I jokingly said before, like, I was very oily. I'm still very oily, but I was oilier growing up my skin. And so I was like, oh, she just, I just, I thought she was talking about my shiny skin. I didn't know what she meant. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, now that she's not here anymore, like, I, I, of course, there's so many times where I sit there and I imagine what I'd say to her or what our relationship would be now. But I would love to let her know that I finally found that light, that shine. Like, I now I understand what she was talking mm. about. Like, I know that mm. she saw in me, but I would love for her to know that I see what she saw. She taught me how to to use my voice, not necessarily even just like saying, hey, Tunde, speak up and use your voice. I always saw my mother using her voice. My mother was a very opinionated woman. She was also wildly eloquent. And so I think that when you have a voice and you know the structure in which to use your voice, meaning uh, how to get your message across, especially when you know that the person that you're speaking with has opposing views. I saw her do that in such a beautiful way. Um, When my aunts were disputing within that sisterhood. My mother was always the mediator. Mm. And again, she mm-hmm. was able to do that because she was able to to speak to both sides in a way that she could get through to them. Hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you remember what was it that helped you understand finally what she was talking about with the shine? All of the things that I've envisioned for myself have now arrived or are deeply in the works. And so I somewhat recently made the decision to trust myself and to believe myself. 
the universe continues to show me that I'm in alignment, living a life in purpose, on purpose, of purpose, and with great purpose. Mm-hmm. And so how do you not find light in that? Like if I am living what I believe to be a life in purpose, on purpose, of purpose, with great purpose, then that's light. Mm-hmm. That's light. I think that all our mission as people one of our many tasks as people is to find that. I think that when you are doing the thing that you are supposed to be doing, it's like a, uh, what is it called? Snowball effect where everything starts to move in alignment. And you're saying, mm-hmm. wow, this thing is happening. And then you're calling your friend again. And you say, oh my God, you're never going to believe what happened. And then you notice that you keep saying that every time you call this person, you're like, oh my God, you're never going to believe what happened. <laughs> it's because you're living it in purpose. The truth will reveal itself when you are ready to see it. Meaning, Things are always happening for you and you may look at something as an obstacle or conflict and you say, why didn't this thing come to be? But then a year later, a month later, three weeks later, 10 years later, you say, this is exactly why that thing had to be for me to be exactly where I am right now. And so that's that's where the trust part comes in. I just trust that everything is happening for me. I just trust that everything is happening for me. Even the things that I don't like, the things that I hate, those things are happening for me. Mm. Like my workout this morning. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, you know, we talk a lot on this show about being the light in the storm. And everything that you just said about being on path, being on purpose, and being of great purpose I think should become part of the tagline for right what it means to actually be the sun in the storm. Mm. And one of the things I think we try not to shy away from on this show is that it's hard. <laughs> I it's think hard. a lot of times, right? Like people look at others and they think we have superhero capes on and that we never are like trudging through the mud or that we just don't feel confident sometimes in our path, even though we're on path and on purpose. There's lots of things that get in the way of us feeling like, I can do this. Mm. You have a lot of confidence and you exude that in everything. I assume some of that comes from your journey and I assume some of that comes from people like your mom. But I wonder if you can give people who are listening right now any tips that you use when you're not feeling so confident, when you're not the bubbly, you know, radiant Tunde who is keeping us on path and on purpose, how do you, when you get those little like, I just don't know if I can do it, how do you move through that? It goes back to that trust piece. Like I trust myself. And so when I find myself in darkness or in a hole or anxiety, I trust that this too is part of the process and i trust i trust that the number one the feeling will pass but you know we try to move through emotions like you're like oh my god i don't want to cry because if i cry baby i'm not gonna be able to turn it off these Mm -hmm. tears gonna flow and then i'm gonna be able to stop you know i'm angry about something i'm upset about something oh i can't allow myself to be angry upset because if i once i get upset yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to pull myself out of being mad, right? right? We don't allow mm-hmm. ourselves sometimes to feel it. I am a motivational coach just by nature. I wake up and I'm like, come on, Caesar's my dog. Come on, Caesar, let's go, let's go for this walk. We can do this. And then I go downstairs and the doorman looks like so tired because he's he's worked an all-nighter. Come on, man, you got two hours left in this shift. You can do this. You want me to go get you a coffee? I'll go get you a coffee. Like, that. I, I am like the person who is trying to get you to feel good again. 
But within all of that, I would just say I trust. I trust that everything is going to be exactly how it should be. I love that. You know, I've been talking about Peloton ever since I got mine last March when I was like, oh, we're about to be stuck inside. And I don't even like gyms. But what I also don't like is not being able to like move my body (laughs) when I need to. And I feel like we're going to be in these four walls for a while. So let me try this thing out. Right. I got kind of obsessed with it and I don't like (laughs) group things, Mm. you know? So when you ask me what ride, I'm like, oh, I don't ride live. Like I just go through all the like 45 minute (laughs) intervals in arms and I switch teachers and I I just try out different things. I'm not like a group exercise person. Nobody's in this class. Great. I'll take that one. Correct. Correct. (laughs) But I am starting to kind of branch out of that. Mm. And part of the reason for it is because I feel like What I'm really enjoying is how political these platforms are getting. Mm. And I have loved, love, 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 loved um, your speak series. I love seeing you talk about with that confidence, with that, like, we're going to get there, what that looks like in the context of movement and social change and social justice. And so I just got to ask you, like, what's been the motivation behind kind of creating this platform within a platform Mm -hmm. to kind of pull together, right? The, we do hard things, right? And we survive 100% of the hard things we do as long as we're breathing and blinking. And the work that it takes for us to understand how to do hard things in society to change the things that we don't like. For me, it's just, it's human rights. For me, it's just leading with love. One human's rights existence should be the same for another, whether that's black, white, Asian, woman, man, other, they, Mm -hmm. trans, queer, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that we should all exist equally. And it takes Mm -hmm. everyone who believes that same thing to use their voice and their platform. Platform Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you have to take to Instagram. That's not what I'm saying. Platform could be you're at a dinner table with a cousin or an uncle or a grandmother that says something racist or homophobic and you step up and you stand up and you say something to that person. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the more that we all do that, the more we, in these safe environments, get people to think differently, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. After the murder of George Floyd, it was just really like this meeting, this calling to step into action. My, My chief content officer, her name is Jen Carter. She called me and she said, do you want to do a ride? And I said, yes, not even knowing what that meant. And she said, let's do it. She didn't know what it meant. Well, I didn't, we didn't know (laughs) what it meant. We were just going to teach a class Mm -hmm. that night And one of the heads of customer service, his name is Brad, he said, well, why don't we map out what this is so that we can have all the members come together and do this versus it just randomly popping up tonight? Let's like let people know. So we said, Mm -hmm. let's, you know, we planned it for, I think, 48 or 72 hours after. And for that Mm -hmm. time, that 48 hours, I didn't sleep. I, Mm. I didn't sleep. It was almost like 
Before I became a, a, a Peloton instructor, before I became a cycling instructor, I took a cycling class. And after my very first ride, I knew that I was going to be cycling for the rest of my life. I knew that I would be teaching it. And I knew that the world would know my name for it because of it. Wow. Um, it was this blue light that flashed across my body. <laughs> I call it a premonition. Mm-hmm. Some might call it a hallucination. It was a premonition. Mm-hmm. And I knew with certainty And while I was planning this class, it was almost that type of certainty again. It was almost like I would be laying in bed trying to fall asleep and it'd be three or four o'clock in the morning and my mind was racing. And so I would grab a pen Mm -hmm. and it was almost like I wasn't thinking. I was just writing down, writing. At points, it was almost like I was looking at my hand and these things were just being written. Some 22,000 people took that class live in, in that moment when it, wow. when it aired live. That's awesome. And so my thought as I'm, I'm leading this class that was wildly uh, deep, raw, emotional, unapologetic, I'm thinking to myself, Tune, you're going hard. Like you are in the paint right now because I was just mm-hmm. talking. <laughs> and <laughs> if you've ever been to like a Baptist church, I was totally. talking on that pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said to myself, I look down and I think to myself, you're going too hard. Most people have probably exited, logged out of this class. I said, if there are 6,000 people still here that are listening to this message, that's a win. I'll take that mm-hmm. as a win. And I did look down at the leaderboard and I saw that every living soul was still on that leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And for me, that gave me license. Like I knew, okay, keep delivering this message. What I will say after that first and even second class is that the number of people that you know messaged me and said that they have said all lives matter all lives matter until they were blue in their face and they were they found the term BLM black lives matter they found it so offensive and they said mm-hmm. i finally get it i finally get mm-hmm. what you're saying and i stand with you mm-hmm. there were you know people that said today i've never taken your class because you don't look like me this is the first time i'm embarrassed to admit it wow. but i've never taken wow. your class because you don't look like me mm. i was Really grateful to the to the people that had said that. It was specifically it was white women who had messaged me and said that they hadn't taken the class because they didn't think we'd have anything in common because we don't look alike, which I respect that. The second class, I acknowledged that and I, I complimented the people that were vulnerable enough to say that because that is what it's going to take to That's get right. to the other side of this. That's what it's going to take to get to real Honesty. change is admitting mm-hmm. the... The stuff that hurts to admit, that's like, oof, you have to admit it to yourself. Then you're admitting it to the person that you're sending it to. And then you're knowing that they might tell people. So it's a lot. So I said to those people, like, if you're unwilling to invest 30 minutes in me in a 30-minute cycling class, if you are the head of a corporation mm. or an organization, if you're in charge you or responsible for hiring, if you won't invest 30 minutes in me in a cycling class, mm. why would you invest two to five years in an employee? Facts. Mm. Come on. And I wanted people to sit with that thought so that when we say systemic racism and and biases, like, now can you get it? Right. Mm. Now can you get it? It's real. It exists. Mm-hmm. Then what do we do? All of that to say, to me, it's just, I go into class and I say, love people. Just love mm. people. That's it. That's right. That's mm, right. Beautiful. That's right. 
So this season, the theme is, where do we go from here? <laughs> like we've just been through it in so many ways, in every way you can imagine. And there's all kinds of pain and grief, but also the sense of relief and like more might be possible, like the spring is coming, the summer is coming. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's probably things that we went through and saw and experienced that we want to keep with us, that we want to remember and carry forward because it's important. It's now part of who we are. I'm curious what comes to mind for you when you think about coming out of this public health crisis and the economic fallout of it and all the ways that people have just been through it. Like, what do you want to keep? Hmm. I want to keep listening personally to my inner voice mm. at really like the, the rise or uprise of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that it was about people were listening to that inner thing. Like usually you turn it off, like you have the alerts on your phone, the news alerts, and you see That's something right. horrible that happens. It's another shooting. It's something. We've become so like... You get this horrible headline that comes across your phone and you read it and you say, oh my God, that's terrible. And then like you're on Instagram or you're like grabbing your coffee and it was just like a thought and it's this thing that escapes and leaves and you don't think about it again until another lose alert comes or a friend says something and then you're like, oh wow, this is like a bigger one. This is something big, big, big. Mm -hmm. In that moment last year, I think that people didn't turn off that inner feeling it was just a mm -hmm. fe feeling like people allowed themselves to like feel how heavy it was and how bad it was the hustle the innate feeling to do better and to be better to continue to have the uncomfortable conversations i'm from texas houston texas H-Town. Um, hey, H-Town. <laughs> H-Town is very diverse. Texas is very conservative. All that to say, look, I have a lot of people, loved ones, that we don't agree politically, socially. Like, we don't agree, but we still love each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so I say that to say, like, I've said things to people that I would have never said to them before last year. Mm -hmm. I've had conversations with people that I would have never had. I've called people out for saying things that were offensive. Whereas before I would have just like, if people were laughing in the room, I would have just like not laughed or I would have said, oh my God, like, you know, that thing under my breath where I'm just like, Ugh. now I say something mm -hmm. to that person. Mm -hmm. I say something to that mm -hmm. person and I have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so what does moving forward look like? Moving forward looks like all of those things to me. I don't think you have to have a blue check mark on Instagram to be the person to do it. That's you know? right. That's right. Like, just have the conversations. Read the books. Donate to the causes. Take interest in someone who is so different from you. Ask someone their story. Not to interrogate them, but to understand them and realize that maybe you have more lightnesses than the obvious outside differences. You know, light is usually, light and shine is visual, or I associate it with visual stuff, but your voice is light and power. It's incredible. It's like in the sound of how you speak. <laughs> 
so we want to talk about all the things, including your big chop this year. Oh. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what that was like. You know, girl, you chopped off all your hair, went blonde. <laughs> like, can you walk us through that? It's so cute. Thank you. It's funny because I think I have like PTSD from it a little bit still. Like, because I had so much hair before. So I wake up to like adjust something and I'm like, oh, those, I don't have anything there. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's something that I always wanted to do. I remember from a very, 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 very young age, I've always been fascinated by women that have short hair so much so that when I was, I don't know, somewhere between probably like 12 and 15, I used to say to myself, I was like, one day mm. when mm -hmm. I'm old and I'm married with children, oh. you know, like 35 will be really old. Mind you, I'm 35 now. <laughs> Single, but 35. Um, I said to myself when I was really old, like 35, I'll be confident then. And a true, like, women that are very confident, they shave their heads. That's what I'll do. Mm. And so, you know, I'm very muscular. And so I was just like, I'm going to lose all my femininity if mm. I shave my head. Finally, I make the decision to do it. And I tell, you know, a couple of my girlfriends, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I remember, I said to myself, you said when you were 35, you would be confident enough. You would stop caring what everybody thought. And it was not intentional. It was not planned. It just goes back to that manifesting thing that I was talking about. Like these things mm. happen and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, for me, it was wildly liberating. It was very free. I think that we put so much stake in our hair, like how we feel, what we think about ourselves, what we can and cannot do. I'm not a good swimmer. If you dropped me in the ocean, I'd survive for maybe two and a half minutes until I got tired <laughs> of doggy paddling and, you know, somebody would have to come and save me. That's because I wasn't able to get my hair wet as a child. Mm. So it's just like all these like stipulations and parameters around our hair. And so to shave my head, I finally see myself for the first time. So I can see my face, my bone structure, to know what the shape of my head looks like. There's nothing to hide behind. Being mm. okay with the fact that people might judge me. I thought it was ironic and honestly silly. I'm like, all the years that you wanted to shave your head mm -hmm. and nobody knew your name or who you were, you didn't want to do it then. But now that you're on this public platform and people are going to say, oh, why'd you do that? You looked better before, that whole thing. I knew that that might be part of it, but I still said, so what? I want to do this thing. I want to do it for me. And so, so yeah, it feels good. My doormat asked me yesterday, he said, today, do you miss your hair? And I looked at him and I said, yes, actually I do. He said, you do? I said, today I'm missing my hair. I miss being able to like style it and do, you know, funky things with it. I say that. And then later that evening, I walked past a mirror and I just kind of saw myself and I had a moment with myself a little bit yeah, where I, I said, hey girl. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like these waves, it's waves, you know. I, 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 will, I will have hair again, I'm sure, at some point. Um, but I'm just enjoying this moment right now and the stories that I'll get to tell and I'll be able to say like, yeah, I, I did that. Hmm. I love it. I do too. And I'm feeling like the takeaway from this interview is that you have some kind of special fortune telling mm -hmm. powers where you can see into the future <laughs> and you know what's mm -hmm. going to happen. But it's also like you're also showing us that we all have this in a That's way right. that we, we can all, all have it. manifest into the vision for ourselves that we have. Yes. Is that right? We all have it. Well, I think there are some people that are very, very, very intuitive. I think those are people that listen 
that have a keen ability to listen to the voice, to quiet the noise. I was burning Palo Santo as we started. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that helps me just see and calm and be able to like sit and hear and listen. That nagging, that voice that, you know, says, don't da-da-da or do da-da-da. That voice is real. I think we all have it. I think some people Mm -hmm. have just become better at trusting it. I think we all have the ability to step into it, though. It's innate. It lives within us. Beautiful. Trust Trust your gut. gut. That's the message. Trust your gut. Okay, let's talk about this. We're in a panini, a panoramic, a Mm. pandemic, whatever we want to call it today. I personally prefer a ponderosa. That's like my favorite. Mm. Um, And now that things are clearing up a little bit, I think there is a lot of conversation right now about how to get to your pre-pandemic self. And that has a lot to do with, you know, Mm. we're talking about the pandemic 15, right? Or talking about some of the Mm -hmm. less healthy habits that maybe we've developed um, in this moment of like big opportunity, but also real trauma. You are also somebody who talks a lot, as we have today, about trusting that where you are is where you're supposed to be. How do we merge all of those things in this moment? Within the Ponderosa. Within the Ponderosa. Um, Ironically, I just got off the phone before this conversation. Mm. It was with one of my girlfriends and we were talking about the idea of why is it so challenging and so difficult to love yourself, to love your body Mm. as Mm -hmm. it changes? My body, I feel like, has changed so much within this last mm-hmm. year and a half of this Ponderosa pandemic mm-hmm. that, like, one day it looks one way, the next day it looks... And so yeah. it's just, like, really, like, it's less about what my body looks like and more about my ability to love it at every point, every stage, all the time. Mm. And for me, within this, within this evolution and change of my body, I do it on camera every single day, half That's naked right. in front of thousands of millions of people. And so it's challenging. <laughs> and it's challenging. Correct. It's challenging. Correct. Um, but this is just, I think it's also, it's like, have you ever been in a pandemic before? Either of you? No. No? no? Okay. No. So then it's like, what do not. you have to measure this time against? God forbid, God forbid we were in this place again in five years. Then you say, okay, well, then the last time, you know, this is what I did. This is what I did. I'm doing better now or I'm doing worse now. Mm -hmm. But because we don't have anything to measure this last year and a half to, then what are we holding ourselves to? You can't hold yourself to who you were before this or how you looked before this or how busy you were or the stress you had. We weren't here. We never, we don't have anything to measure it Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just comes to this like thing of grace, like allowing myself grace and saying, this is like where I am right now. This is what my body is right now. And I'm going to love my body like this. And a year from now, my body may or may not be in this place or perhaps be in a different place. It has everything to do with your ability to love yourself unconditionally. And it's hard. We loved having you. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tunde. We love you. We loved having you. Everybody go follow Tunde at Tun2 Tunde. T-U-N-E, number two, 
T-U-N-D-E on Insta and get yourself right. And don't forget to follow at Sunstorm Pod on all the socials and make sure you tell a friend to follow and listen. We have so many more powerful, inspirational women coming up for you this season. Until next week, bye. Sunstorm is a project of the National Domestic Workers Alliance in collaboration with Participant. Sunstorm is executive produced by Alicia Garza, Ai-Jen Poo, and Christina Mevzapgar. Sunstorm is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Producers are Shelby Sandlin, Mary Phillips Sandy, and Mia Warren. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Are you manifesting right now, Alicia? I am. I am, actually. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs>